0: So today on the podcast uh, is a really cool podcast. Colin and I were just talking about this before we got on the uh, recording for the intro um, about talking about the things that we talk about in the podcast on the intro. Um, And I think this is a really good example of it because we have Anna, who is uh, Jesse's wife uh, on the podcast, and she's not here just to talk about how weird Jesse is and how grumpy he is, which is... Uh, surprising, um, but she's here to ask us about our favorite hobby, which is car camping or overlanding. Um, and it, it was a fun time. We had me, Colin, and Steve, and then Anna, um, and she asked us a bunch of questions and we tried our best to answer them kind of off the cuff. We didn't really try to write them down full disclosure or full disclosure. We saw the questions before the show, but I made like an effort to not write anything down because I didn't want to be like scripted with it um, because I don't think that's what we do here. And I think it's, it's fun to be able to go off the cuff like that, but I had a really good time. I know that uh, everybody else looked like they had a good time. And also it's like our longest podcast we've done so far, which was really cool too. A little technical difficulty in the middle. I'm sure Colin will be able to clean that up in a way that makes it so that it doesn't sound bad. Um, But, or at least it sounds relatively seamless, um, but it went really well and I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited that our 10th episode, right? Colin. Yeah.
1: 10th. Yeah. Episode tenth,
0: nine. Tenth tenth episode.
1: 10th tenth episode.
0: <laughs> All right. That doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm going to roll with it because you're the guy in charge. Remember, so we're like, it is we're the like the episode. Canadians. We start at zero. Oh yeah. 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 So 10th episode, Anna. Awesome. Everything was fun. Um, I think that I'm ready to end because we've had so much time on this one. Um, But before I do that, I'm going to pass over to Colin, just make sure that he doesn't have anything he wants to go over or talk about before we go live.
1: Uh, Before we go, I will say, so we got a comment on the YouTube asking about merch um, and So basically the easiest way to find our merch, uh, unfortunately we don't have any hats right now, but all of our t-shirts are available. They're on the Campfire Passport website. Sean's wearing his right there. Uh, I am wearing one of our Land Rover shirts. um, And they are also available directly through the Instagram or the Facebook page. Very easy, very seamless. It's all point and shoot it so other than cool. that, oh good. one
0: thing the reason that it took me so long to get a shirt is that i thought <laughs> that these shirts the original shirt which is really good it's got this awesome logo i thought it was white only because you have to really <laughs> dig through the menu to find out that there is black so yeah. pro tip for everybody that will not wear a white shirt like me gotta gotta click through it a little bit yeah, and then you can colors. find the black one and then you can be happy and stock stock your entire wardrobe and send colin's kids to college so. Well, oh, that'd be great. Cool. Well, uh we're going to have this fun podcast where Anna here is going to ask us a bunch of questions, which is going to be terrifying and funny probably and I don't know what else, but it's going to be interesting at the very least. Uh, For everybody that's listening that doesn't know Anna, Anna is Jesse's better half. She is obviously much nicer than him (laughs) because she's not called Grumpy Anna. So there's that. Uh, So (laughs) with that being said, uh, Anna, do you want to just introduce yourself real quick and then maybe jump right in?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, That was thank you for the intro. Um, Yes, Jesse's wife. I almost put that as my little name here in the podcast. <laughs> um, I, so what started this all, I'll say is where I work every couple weeks, we do these little internal presentations where we share kind of like interesting findings on things that are hopefully kind of non-work related. I work in graphic design and advertising. And so we'd like to just, um, I don't know, present on things that are just like cool. They're like 15 minutes. It's very casual. And I thought overlanding might be fun. It's fairly relevant. We do a lot of work in like the action sports industry, um, but and it's new enough, I think, to where I don't think anyone's done it. But we have a lot of like campers, so I kind of want to see how the two compare. for a lot of where my questions will lie.
0: Oh. Yeah, I would think with the amount of like outdoor brands that you guys work with, it makes a lot of sense to have it as a a subject. Yeah, seems cool. Seems like it works.
2: We did some work for a rooftop tent company a few years back who are now owned by Tuli, um, mm. Tipuli. is what we call them now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,
0: <laughs> it's perfect. That's perfect.
2: But yeah, maybe this will like spark some new, I don't know, maybe a new client. We'll f- oh, there some you some exciting new uh, learnings today.
0: Well, yeah, from our huge listener base, as we were talking about earlier, you're liable to pull lots of clients through this. Great. I know it, it directly affects my business, just like you wouldn't believe.
2: Like in a in a good way?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: People are leaving left and right.
0: Yeah, or that. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I don't know. There's a lot of cancellations. We can't correlate it to my podcast, but you never know.
2: Nobody knows. Um, Nobody knows. When did you guys start doing this, by the way? Overlanding, not podcasting.
0: Mm. We had this conversation uh, when we had Luke and Colin and I on the podcast, and Luke nailed a date down. I don't remember what it was, but I think it's like 2016.
2: Was someone just 20- like, "Let's drive really far to go camping," and then <laughs> it got the name Overlanding.
0: I have no idea how it started.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm- I just wonder how people get into it. It seems like it could be something that could easily like slow burn, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the just curious. If, just to, we'll plug our own podcast here. Uh, <laughs> uh, episode five, I believe. Uh, Real big air cooled guy. Should I listen? <laughs> That's uh, that is the origin well, story of uh, the Sean, myself, Aaron, uh, and Luke.
0: Well, Aaron too.
1: Yeah, that was the mm-hmm. we we were the original group that like kind of took it from the you know just going camping or just going wheeling and turned it into w- what we all do and then rig re- reg- later f- found out that uh oh this is this is overlanding i guess cool <laughs> it turns out other that's
0: people do this too that's what we're doing yeah
2: huh. <laughs> um okay should i just start diving in yeah okay um going to start with all of you guys are very knowledgeable within the car world already like outside of overlanding it seems so I feel like that must draw you toward it and I'm wondering is that necessary like if someone who's not a big car buff not that into knowing the ins and outs of every vehicle known to man can you still do this
3: I don't think so at all, especially probably being the, the least car guy in, in, in the car guy group. Uh, but no, I, I would say that no, it doesn't take any, but some yes, because it's vehicle-centric, but not vehicle knowledge base required, no.
0: it's It's a weird cross-section, because it, it kind of hits this spot where it, we always joke around Lauren and I about it being car backpacking. So it's the same as a backpacking trip, but with a car, right? Like there's so much more space and things you can do and, and it crosses over really well. So it like appeals to a lot of people I think that camp or do outdoor things, but for like me and I'm, probably, I think I can speak for Colin and maybe Luke and most of us, the vehicle aspect is really cool too, because it kind of adds in that that other piece of our interest. So it, it puts those two things together. The other thing that I think is really interesting, I was telling somebody this a while back about off-road specifically. There's a lot of people I've noticed from action sports backgrounds, so skateboarding, BMX, whatever, that are also into off-roading because it kind of it just becomes like this vehicle extension of that same kind of thing, especially when you talk about like really serious off road, as opposed to you know dorky camping. So, I think that <laughs> <laughs> yes and no to answer it.
1: Yeah, that's. That, I'm sure I, I kind of feel the the same way. It's it's there's plenty of people out there that a don't even build their own vehicle and like have have nothing to do with like what goes into the vehicle aspect of it. They just want to go out and and do something. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it more expensive that way? Yes. Um, Is it probably easier? Also, yes, because, uh, (laughs) you know, the rest of us tend to uh, suffer and uh, do things on our own, which is, you know, because we're stubborn and we say we enjoy it, but we we may not actually enjoy the doing it part until it's done. <laughs> there, have, there have been times I've
2: questioned, are we having fun right now?
1: But. yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> What is like are there like bare minimum though kind of like needs that your car needs to have? like do you have to have four-wheel drive? Do you have to? I don't know any I, other
1: so I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 go here first because <laughs> I had a specific answer for this one and. It is <laughs> <laughs> it is, um, yes, you can do a lot of this type of stuff with your stupid Subaru or something that just has like some ground clearance and, and all-wheel drive <laughs> and and that's fine, but I the whole like concept and, and idea behind it, Is to be able to go further than what the average vehicle is supposed to be able to go. Which is why I, in my head, I kind of have this, it needs to have low range, a transfer case like that. It needs to have actual ability to do more than just what, you know, Joe Blow's Subaru, Sean's Subaru Mm -hmm. uh, can do. Because it's not necessarily that like you need that every time, but it's the you want to know that you have that ability if something goes wrong on the road. I mean, imagine doing our Alvord trip that we just did this year and thinking, oh, well, it's I'm just overlanding. This shouldn't (laughs) be a big deal, you know, and taking your Subaru with that's basically stock. Maybe you put tires on it or something like that. And trying to do that road that we took and how muddy it was, and all of that, and it's like it's it's not gonna work and And you don't want the vehicle yeah. to be your limiting factor to the adventure or or however you want to term it that you're doing.
2: I imagine having a extremely capable vehicle gets you places that just weed out all those people in general. So just by that fact, you're a little more alone, a little more. Kind of not where everyone else is probably gathering. Yeah,
1: that's that's a huge piece. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that it's it's dependent on trail, right? Like, ultimately, yes, Colin, one hundred percent right there, because I think that the whole point is to be able to go long distance, far away, basically. And even if maybe a Subaru or a Ford Escape or something, whatever, you know, some like CUV kind of car could technically go to some of these places to be able to drive 60, 70 miles an hour on a gravel road for 35 miles. That's a different thing. Like that requires a little bit different scenario. Um, But I think, and because I like this big pie in the sky feeling about a lot of things like this, like, I think it's really cool that people do small camp trips or within their means camp trips with less appropriate vehicles, because that's fine. They get out and they use them for their thing. We've never run into somebody that was being an idiot that we had to save or anything. So oh, it's fine. Right. <laughs> and that gives us, the, maybe in like snow wheeling and things, but <clears throat> that gives us the ability to go to these really remote places that stay a little more sacred. And, you know, everybody gets a turn, basically.
3: I mean,
1: everyone has to start somewhere.
3: We have people in our friend group like Lauren that are basically kind of in that boat.
2: Yeah with in terms of like difficulty with like locations or routes when you're planning these how do you know i don't know how do you like choose it besides just this place looks cool i want to go here how do you know what conditions will be like how do you know what everyone in your group is capable of um like what are all the things you're considering when you're mapping it out
1: uh, i'm considering if that's a call that, on question how do you find out I'm, I'm that cons-
2: information
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm considering if mike is bringing the rv um And then I'm also telling him (laughs) usually (laughs) that uh, I cannot guarantee any road condition because you you can't, especially on trips that are in new territory where you have not gone before. If, if it's a totally new place, you haven't driven this road. You cannot make any guarantees, promises, even if like someone on say, X or whatever gives a, a trail report of what the conditions of that road are i mean is this guy somebody that just drove out there in their land cruiser that's got 40s and they're like oh this was this was bullshit this was nothing or is this somebody that drove out there in their subaru and it's like oh this is the craziest thing i've ever driven on you know it's the, you you cannot rely on anyone giving you information there's only like the first hand i've driven this road before and depending on whether it's like this that's the only way you're gonna really know and even then it's there's there's no guarantee because it could be a late snow season or it could rain the day before you went out there and then it turns out it's not what you expected on the road because it rained the day before like it's yeah there's there's zero guarantees as far as I'm concerned.
2: Is that kind of what happened when we went out to the Elvord this year? It That's was what a, I was going to say. Late winter or recent rain or
1: yeah, that was all. A, all? Yeah, that, all of, of the, I I think. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of lot of snow melt because it was yeah. a late snow and and like ish temperatures. So like the the snow was right at that like melt point basically. So it had just been melting into the ground for you know the week prior to us going there and it's yeah it just made it a total slop so no promises (laughs) it's
2: very very sloppy yeah yeah I imagine there's a lot you can't plan for um I assume outside of a weather forecast like are you checking anything else I know at this point you guys are so experienced I imagine a lot of it is now just learned and you're not exactly googling how to pack for a (laughs) for <laughs> a 5-day overland trip. Um but if anyone were in need of that kind of thing, um do you have anything that you like to use or that you would recommend to anybody for newbies? Man.
0: I think there's a lot of good like uh you know, like YouTube resource at this point for people that are wanting to do it and I not like googling how to do a 5-day trip maybe, but watching like some of the things that like Colin and I joke around all the time. There's this Australian show, uh, four wheel drive 24 seven. I was just watching before I came up here because I'm a nerd about this stuff and it's awesome, right? It's not what we do. It's not even the same thing almost at all, but you can watch them and you can watch the setups that they have and what they run into. And it really tells a story about, you know, like what, what you might encounter and you can help, you know, kind of get your bearing straight and understand what you're going to run into based on those things. I think. Mm-hmm. i think that makes a a good uh good springboard
1: yeah yeah there' i mean there's there's forums as well um like the biggest one is uh expedition portal, so they are like they're an expedition blog basically, and then on top of that they're i mean i as far as I know they're the largest like expedition slash overlanding focused forum. So if you're someone that wants to Mm -hmm. read and see physical pictures and ask questions, things like that, like most of the time people are more than happy to freaking give you the what's what of everything that has to do with their vehicle, because especially, you know, people that are very into their vehicles, they love to talk about their vehicles. You know, I mean, Sean loves to tell us how the Land Cruiser is the best platform that there is and that's basically every land cruiser owner is that they will always tell you how their platform is the best so
0: you know, the key the- here is consistency <laughs> it's because they are the best i it's i don't sorry
2: <laughs> Yeah, there's a real sense of pride isn't there among each each individual person set up yes
0: yeah individualism and pride
2: <laughs>
4: That we all kind of secretly really want each
0: other to like, yeah.
2: get some kind of obstacle course or like, I don't know, get every everyone in the group to kind of go through and see who performs the best.
0: Uh, I mean, we kind of did that with yeah. uh, Tyson's party. We did. It was fun. Yeah, we had the, this little like coned course and
1: <laughs> yeah, video is
0: on I YouTube. Think, I think I, I think I did pretty well at that, <laughs> didn't I?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you did. You you weren't the winner for the weekend yeah. of competition, oh. but. But yeah, you you did pretty good. Yeah, on
0: that. well, there was some. There was starting a fire in a puddle or some nonsense like that, and I don't I don't know how to do that. Hey,
1: that's bushcraft, man.
2: <laughs> are you serious? Is that a thing?
0: It wasn't in water. Well, but it wasn't. In it water. was starting a fire yeah. from scratch, but it was raining, right? Well, it, so... it
1: rained the day before.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> and we okay. used dry wood. What are you like <laughs> trying to make it sound harder than <laughs> it, it wasn't was in the rain? <laughs>
0: I think i I did fine at that, too, but not good, yeah, just fine,
1: yeah, I mean, Colin was the only one that gave up and made a sandwich and <laughs> <laughs> by the time he was done eating his sandwich then then his water had boiled, so you know
3: <laughs> <laughs> he also won wow uh, i out on I, that
1: trip. I looked at the tape, Steve, he didn't win. Who won? It, it, the most unreliable car in the world was indeed the most reliable car in the world.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Really? Yep. L322. Tyson for the should have guys. Won. There should have been a, a there should have been a budget tab. Tyson would have won it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your points are then deducted uh from your initial buy-in cost.
2: <laughs> that matters.
0: That tent's worth more than the vehicle. <laughs> moving on yeah let's go
2: Um, these are fun (laughs) yeah do you feel like it's like i almost want to go like rapid fire um this is a fun (laughs) one i I already started talking to jesse about this in the car which inspired the whole podcast idea but i liked asking what are all the like most helpful useful gadgets and actually what i found more interesting was like what are his least helpful to gadgets that he still like insists on every time Mm. because like just in case you know
0: Oh man, I have so much just in case crap in my that, in my camp gear. It's
2: very like preppery. It's like, terrible. This attracts, I think, maybe that type of personality of oh, like yeah. does. extreme over preparedness.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I think least favorite first is that I definitely overpack, which is good, right? Like if I need it, I guess that's good. That's where the prepper thing comes in. Mm-hmm. But it's usually food, and it's usually like snacks. Like I just bring. <laughs> Like I never eat Oreos at home, but we'll buy like the biggest pack you can get for camping. I and know eat, what like,
2: car to come to eight now. Of them.
0: I'm like <laughs> we great, never this have this is that. Yeah, gonna need the family pack. Yeah. <laughs> um the my favorite gadgets though, other than the vehicle itself, because I really do like I think that that part of it is so fun for me. Like, especially when we're in like serious terrain, I just think the whole the whole package is really cool. Um I think I like having lights and I like having a good radio. Not Well, also just good sound, like when you're driving, but the radio to talk back and forth. So those two things to me, being able to see, being able to hear everybody, I think is just awesome. Like that makes it so much better without those things. It becomes very frustrating. We've all had those earlier trips where someone has a CB that's not tuned in or someone doesn't have this or someone doesn't have that. It's so irritating, especially we have some friends that are a little chatty, uh, which is awesome for, for it being, you know. A a, yeah, bonding experience, but like, stop talking. I can't understand you. You're eating your microphone. Has come across so many times. He sings
2: a lot. I've noticed.
0: Yeah. Yes. He's he's a riot. We're talking about adding. uh, Colin and I were talking about adding those feeds to the videos going forward. And I think you could probably make an entire video of Mike just rambling on on his radio, which would be. I think we could get hundreds of views on that.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Would follow would follow (laughs) (laughs) any other i feel like i was expecting some more um like gadgets and things that i had never heard of Mm. tools maybe maybe gadget is sort of not the right word
0: i think jesse's the gadget guy
2: really that makes me feel better because it seems like we're heavy on gadgets but
3: i still bring the i still bring the same japanese grill like from day one
0: that steve just brought up his japanese grill which is the best gadget you've never thought you needed on a trip. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. hundred yeah. percent. It makes the best things yeah. ever. I'm still sad that I don't I, have one.
1: I wish I could remember.
2: It's definitely not what Steve. It's, it's the grill. called.
1: Um, but Tyson's, I don't have one, but I want one, is Tyson's uh, fold, like switchblade saw. Like I, I don't. And oh, it's yeah. funny because yeah. like he, so the show alone uh we all nerded out on that for a, a, a pretty decent amount of time and a lot of the people on that show bring those as one of their like tools for their kit that they're allowed to bring or whatever and that's where Tyson saw it and like instantly went and bought it and then like <laughs> and then I used it on one trip and was like yep this is this is the shit this is awesome like it's it is such a cool piece like it's it's great um but i guess I mean, I don't know, like, I, a lot of my, I tend to keep my stuff, like, pretty basic and simple, because I don't want to have stuff that's, like, elaborate and annoying, and, and like, the, just more, the more elaborate it gets, the more potential there is for failure, and when you're out there in the middle of nowhere, hopefully, I mean, or you, I guess you could be at a campground if you're, you know, not mm. super serious about it, but... Like the more stuff you have to go wrong, like like the more potential for that, the worse it can be. Like because if it does go wrong and you're out in the middle of nowhere, like now you get to figure out how you're gonna fix that or remedy it at least to get through or to somewhere else that you can fix it. Um, but I mean, I think I think one of my favorites is probably just the fridge, like and I get that there's like there's more stuff that like comes with that like it's the you know having to be able to power the fridge and, and all of that like there's a lot that comes with it but like the fridge is such a massive game changer for like long trips where we're out for extended periods of time I we don't have to buy ice you don't have to swim through the ice to like get a drink out your food isn't waterlogged because the ice is melted like there's (laughs) it's it's such a great and again it's not even something that you need in order to do this like you can live the cooler and ice thing just get a decent cooler and and you're pretty good but it's the fridge like it takes it to that next level where like you it's expensive it's more it's more than just the fridge that you need but it is something that totally changes like everything like it makes you it it makes it so that you kind of realize i could actually be out here for longer than what my planned trip is like you you may have planned for four days Mm -hmm. and realize wow like i i probably could have done another two days out here and really not had any issue you know because it's it just it simplifies things (laughs) while making them (laughs) more difficult as well but that's that's where I'm at.
3: Yeah, I'll attempt to pack light <laughs> yeah, and still come home with two days worth gas.
2: of food. Or I don't know what else you need for Extendo stays, fridge and gas.
0: Fridge and gas. Yeah, that's it. Gas. <laughs> uh, you can eat all those Oreos if you stay longer. It's great. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get through
0: the whole pack. We've never really, ex- <laughs> we've never extended a camp trip. Really, like neither by necessity or. You know, for fun. I thought we might have been going down that path a couple of years ago when we did Blackrock because there was <laughs> enough sick people. I thought maybe we just <laughs> have to stay here for the day in my fever dream. But <laughs> we that didn't. I also thought I thought for a second like maybe I can ride in the tent for a while. Like maybe I don't have to get out of here. Just drive we with didn't. it open. Yeah. Just who cares? Yeah, just close me. That should in. be a
1: feature. Yeah. It's like being in the uh, yeah. in in the in the little. Over a cab bed hook. in a in, in the camper, you know. It's, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's all
2: yeah. who's laughing now? <laughs> that comes up again. I'm getting in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
2: <laughs> um, in terms of what about like, um we were talking a lot about recovery gear and that side of things, which is something I don't think typically comes into play when camping sort of I don't know what we call it stationary camping, I guess you call it. Um what is like, what's your number one item for I'm stuck?
3: Kinetic rope. Yeah. I
0: think a rope is like, yeah. even though it's the most basic <laughs> thing, it. it's that's yeah. the thing. The right rope, like you have right to have rope, though. Like, some sort of strap. Yeah. Even
3: rated for the right amount a of Terrible
0: weight. one is so much better than nothing.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't want a, a piece of twine. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 The yellow nylon.
2: And it doesn't yeah. have to be like in a winch. It can just be yep.
3: yeah,
0: just, yep. a, just a regular yeah, old rope. strap
1: or yeah.
0: the the winch. The winch is like the refrigerator of recovery. <laughs> yeah. Like You don't have to have it. It's very nice, especially if you're like by yourself mm-hmm. or if you're in the front and you need to be able to like try to self recover. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. But everything else, like 90 percent of what we do by a long shot is doable by a, you know, a rope, a strap a uh, kinetic rope, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and it and that's like a gotta have it kind of thing. I think, um, yeah, yeah. I think we've all used them so much. Strapping,
1: and, strapping and D rings. That's that's like the the simplest way. Yep. I mean, granted, like like Sean said, you you then need someone else to you know, to assist you in getting out, unless you've got some real clever, you know, ways to use a high lift jack or something like that. But yeah, the, the winch is the, if you do a lot of solo stuff, like there's, there's something to be said about that, that confidence a winch gives you when you're out on your own, like to be able to like, okay, well I could try this because if I get stuck, I've got the winch, I can see a tree off in the distance that I know I can strap to and pull myself out if need be. So it, it's not the, it shouldn't be the first thing that you get, like that it's a, that's a big investment and it definitely should not be one of the first things you get because that you don't even, I mean, some of us haven't, you know, we didn't have a winch for a long time. Like it's, it's a long time. You'll get to a point where it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm pushing my vehicle and my, you know, ability to a certain extent. And it's like, okay, well now I should probably go ahead and get a winch because... I want to go a little further. I want to have that confidence in what my setup is so that I can go that extra distance or to this next campsite that I can't quite get to this time. Things like that. Yeah,
3: definitely. Yeah. And how many people buy those max tracks and how many people end up actually using them? I swear most of them are in pristine shape and usually probably never used.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I think there's like a secret code to the, there's a secret code to the max tracks.
1: What is that? Is that Aaron losing them every time he uses them?
0: <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just like some people really get a lot of use out of them and they like work. I've seen them work. They worked on the eighties on Edison run like twice. Great. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Cause every time I've used them. All that happens is Colin Messi gets mad because I spin on it or something. Like that's the only th- experience I've ever had with a yeah. Max Track is don't spin on it. it.
1: Well, it's a, what
0: am I supposed to that's do? That's the
1: thing is you have to you have to accept it's a wearable part. So it wear that that piece of kit will wear out when you use it. Yeah. But yes, Steve is right. Most of them are just and if you they're buy just your, on the guy's roof or on their fucking bumper no. and then. They'll get to a campsite and they'll use them for a leveling block, so they don't have to find a rock or whatever. That's which is kind of. I nice. mean, yes. That, that.
3: Well, Remember when we used Jesse's this last trip <laughs> in the Albor? I mean, we, we, we certainly used them.
4: Yes, and Jesse, Jesse definitely, definitely used them. was bad. You're
3: saying, they are a usable. Park.
4: Yeah.
2: What most interests me, and I imagine, my fellow campers, is how you pack differently. Not even just like what you pack, but it's like how you pack is, it's like, seems like it has to be extra accessible, extra, I don't know, everything has its perfect little place everywhere. And that seems important.
3: Yeah. I would say the biggest thing is knowing where everything is and let alone having a <laughs> spot for everything, which is also creates the problem in that once you pull it out and get to it, getting it back in. In the same spot with the same tolerance is, is also the, the other part. But it's having access to the things that you need and knowing the things that you have, but putting those in places where it might be trouble to get to. But for me to get to, you know, my tire kit, I'm going to need my tire, which, yeah, I, I don't need to have my patch kit super, super accessible. That can be tucked away deep.
2: Yeah, so like prioritizing yes. the likelihood of needing yeah. it. Yep, makes sense.
3: Yeah, and that's and
1: that's something that you kind of learn as you go. I mean, it's the more you do it, the more you'll find like, okay, I use this a fucking lot, so I want to put this somewhere that is like front and center, easy to get to all the time, because you use it all the time. You don't want everything to be a hassle as you're going, because it's like it's already. The trip itself is the hassle. Like you, you don't want everything else like compounding and making everything like making it a miserable time. But again, like I said, it's it's like a learned thing. Like it's not you're not going to get it right the first time. Um, I mean, I I know I still don't get shit right. Where I'm, I will end up needing something. And I'm like, why did I why did I put it here? This is stupid. It's worthless right here. You know, it's uh, and 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 or. I change vehicles, like Mike and I are the ones that freaking just keep cycling through vehicles that we use, and we start over on our, like, build-out, because Mm -hmm. the vehicle, every vehicle, you can't build you know, my car how Sean built his, and Sean can't build his how Steve built his, so it's it's like, you have to know the space that your vehicle is, and what you want to bring, how you want to bring it, and Like I said, it's all, it's all learned. You're, you will not get it right for a long time.
3: You just start, you just start, and go, just start local and small. And and then you come back and you go, man, I really wish I had that. And man, I didn't bring that at all. I didn't use that at all. So you, you just go and, and, you know, my truck has, has not stayed the same. Each trip I go, something changes, you know? But the the things that change are more impactful, and um, they they are bigger and bigger. You know, the 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 changes become less and uh, smaller tasks, but meaning more more meaningful and meaningful as they go.
2: Man, like Sean, where do you keep your Oreos? Are they really accessible? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah until like midday on the second day. And then usually they're kind of crammed under everything. I'm like the worst person about this because I, I have my kit of stuff that I've been using, you know, for uh, years now and they're all in the same place because I've had the same setup for years and I don't really even put any thought into it at all. We, we like every trip, maybe kind of pack a certain way, but I, I couldn't tell you really what that way is. I know where the water container goes I know where the food goes. Everything else is just in there. That's pretty much the extent of my preparation most of the time, um, which usually works out fine. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's that I, maybe I've done that legwork long enough ago with one vehicle that it's like, it's not a thing anymore, but I don't really think about it. I throw a bunch of stuff in a backpack and toss it in the back and put the dog in and we go like, that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah, where do everyone's dogs kind of ride? Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: my dog is a maniac. No. So she has she has the most perfect little half backseat delete that is all for her. We call it the pup form. It's got quilted fabric on it. I spent hours building it. It's beautiful. She absolutely hates it and will not sit <laughs> on it at all. Basically, she sits in Holden's lap in the back if he's there. If he's not there... She sits back there for a little while, and then she sits in Lauren's lap uh, and just drools all over the place. So it's great. She's a lot of fun to bring along.
2: <laughs> Colin, uh,
1: my well, I mean, my old dog. Uh, <laughs> he was he was great. It was just I had kind of like how Sean had, but not uh, in the in the seat because. Uh, Two kids, so they occupy the whole back seat. Um, so that brings in a whole another element of I have to have a space for a dog. Luckily, uh, my dogs are always short dogs, so uh, I can put him up on top of things because uh, I had like you know a drawer system and things like that, and so he would just kind of be on top, but not you know it wouldn't impede on his uh, his headroom, and he he did really good back there, just having his own little blanket and and or bed space basically uh new dog has some uh has some puke problems so at the moment he rides in the front floorboard uh with natasha <laughs> and uh now that he's large you know at, at his uh full size it's yeah it, it's a it's a little tighter but um so we're hoping that the the road sickness goes away as he ages. Hopefully he ages out of that so he can kind of move to his own space because, yeah, I mean, having having a dedicated space for the dog is really nice because it keeps things clean, especially if you can keep them in that space. Sorry, Sean. Um, and and it, it, it's, you know, it's one of those... The yeah, car is hers. <laughs> it's one of those... Then they also have a space to sleep as well. Like, that's their space to be i know some of us are uh dogs in the tent people but that's uh i'm sure we'll get to the whole rooftop thing and and how that can be a, a <laughs> bit of a problem with certain dogs <laughs> unless unless you're aaron's dog yeah aaron's dog uh <laughs> that one's oh he's yeah, got the ladder he's, he's the, fine he's got the ramp is that ladder? dog in the tent you, did oh. you He's got did a lot specifically for that. He did it on the outboard. I don't he like he it. set it all up and I guess Frankie so. went up there. He's probably was, chasing
2: a child.
1: Yeah. It was it was amazing. It was quite the That's quite terrifying. Thing
2: <laughs> I can barely hoist Emmy up there.
3: And you gotta you gotta be careful of when walking around that tent when he's asleep, even he'll he'll growl at you.
2: Really? Huh. I'm unfamiliar with um grouchy territorial dogs huh. steve are you gonna bring are you gonna bring yours ever no. not even just like uh, a little, maybe just titus when
3: he's like just ancient and can't move but he's <laughs> still too much of a liability
2: just sedate <laughs> him just a little bit when he's, a, when he's an old yeah, man, man we draw- come,
3: but grover's too blind to be able to come but blind dog yeah no. I
1: mean you no fun. you brought him that one on that one trip and he was he was pretty good. I mean, he was a little sketched out about like the smaller kids, but I think it was just cuz they were too fast and forward into his, you know, into his space. Um, but I mean
3: that was back when you could see still.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: Um, food wise, what about like camping for packing for camping versus packing for overlanding when it comes to food? Is it just less, less, less like
0: Oreos? Uh, It's
1: just Oreos. Let Steve cook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And let Steve cook.
2: Honestly, I eat half my meals I think are from Steve every time we go. We always have food packed for every meal and I just, Steve's just like, do you want do you want any gourmet uh, chicken I made on my
1: Yeah, well, it's I can't say, no. and I think that I think that your no, your problem not. there Anna is Jesse overdoes it a little bit and like brings MREs and and shit like that which which no. like you know, some people are are very into and I know Jesse's very into it, but he I think he overconcerns himself on the how his food is going to be packed and and what food is coming and whatnot like because it's he always it seems every trip that I have done with him he always I I do not envy what he is eating ev- like ever it's never like it's like nope I'm, I've I <laughs> it's have also
2: what I am eating
1: yeah and I that's which is why yeah definitely lean on the Steve there uh, or you know you're gonna have to just looking for pity you guys. You're gonna have to break him out of that somehow. Cause he like, y- you guys have a big fridge. You can I think it's you gotten can bring better some actually. Food that you can make, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he when he came so on our yeah. Uh, there's a lot of
2: like everything's pre-made our, uh, at
1: home. Last on on McGrew, I think Carlton talked him into bringing like real food because like they brought like steaks and it's like I've never I have never <laughs> seen Jesse with like. A slab of meat to cook when camping. So, <laughs> like, maybe, maybe I've also that's, never seen that. Yeah. See. So maybe maybe that's gonna break down that wall for him.
2: <laughs> that would be cool. We ate um like freeze dry meals last weekend when we were camping.
1: Yeah, that doesn't. It was okay. I, I just don't. I just don't get that. <laughs> the food shouldn't it's, be this. I'm getting some really yeah.
2: great insight, you guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're bringing a fridge. Why? Why is the food suffering? Like,
4: <laughs> I know
0: <laughs> it's not no. hard. It's really easy to bring just normal food yeah. for the it most really part. Like, I there, I can see some meal prepping being a good idea. And Steve does this a yeah. decent amount, right? Where he's got stuff like kind of ready to go, and he finishes yeah. it off, or you know. But like that—that's about it. That's the extent of of what. I think that I'd be comfortable with there but The, biggest thing,
2: the problem I'm is the gonna, biggest Jesse thing for does me
3: is like pre-cooking bacon cuz dealing with like bacon grease on the trail is absolutely just it's annoying and things like that just take time. It sucks. And, you know, the if if you can boil out any of the time factor like it's that's what's beneficial, especially clean up.
0: No, oh, definitely clean up
2: yeah (laughs) i don't want jesse to think i'm ungrateful for all of um the things he does jesse if you're listening um
0: (laughs) the the next podcast is going to (laughs) be i i'm trying to think of a title that runs along with that but i got i got nothing (laughs) i'll watch it i don't want jesse to be mad at me either i don't pack
2: any food for camping all i do is pack my bag i pack emmy's bag and he does everything else and you know what that's those are the terms that i am
0: okay with. <laughs> I think everybody's got their own agreement with yeah. those things. Yeah. There's got to be like a little give and take.
2: I'd love to poll all the all the ladies of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Get some other opinions. <laughs> Switching gears. Um, where is the coolest favorite place you've been that you probably only could have gone to via overlanding vehicle
0: i have an idea anybody else no
2: i mean uh i wouldn't say place
3: but trip i think uh, jesse's bachelor party was my still one of my more favorite trips in general
4: Mm
0: -hmm. that was a lot of fun
3: but not that we can't go back there but since the fire went through there it won't be the same
0: yeah
2: does that count what was so fun about it
0: yeah, we had that like wonderful river day that was really cool in the middle of it, and just kind of a good amount of some off roading, a lot of hanging out, good, good all around. Yeah, for sure. And
1: now the like Steve said, the fire went through there, so like the place that we camped isn't the same. The road that we took no longer goes all the way through. You can't take the road all the way through anymore. It's an out and back. Like a a lot of things have changed, and that's. Mm. Again, that, that comes back to that, like, just go out and do it because stuff happens, you know, fires or bridges go out or things like that, so it's like the road that you took this year, it mm-hmm. eh, may not be the same next year, so.
0: Oh yeah, especially in the forest, for sure. I think my favorite location, so uh, I'm going to preface this because everybody knows that the uh, the desert is kind of my favorite spot, so... We'll just keep that as, that's my favorite. But I think Owyhee is the coolest place that we've gone to on camp trips that is somewhere that would be really hard to do without a car. You could definitely do it, but it's such an expansive area that like a backpacking trip or something like that would be really, I think, difficult to manage. I don't think it's impossible, but it's completely different um, because it's really remote, it's really like, you got to traverse some weird like rancher property stuff. And like, there's, there's a bunch of strange things that happen there that um, make it a little more difficult than other places we go. So it's special.
1: I, I don't know that the, I mean, I guess, yeah, you, you'd, you'd need the overland vehicle to do it, but um, probably, and probably just, uh, I'm going to go out of Oregon because, and it, probably just because it was out of Oregon but the trip that Steve and I did with the with four-wheeler like that was Oh yeah. That was That's pretty was, epic. It was pretty cool. Like it's it wasn't anything like crazy or anything like that but it was and it may like I said it may just be the because it's like the furthest away from home I've done it like done this type of well I guess well maybe not because I I, I mean I've been to Moab a couple of times but Moab but not a you know not as a like long outside of uh, having an actual house to stay in because like moab was like you go there and we stayed in a house and then would like go out and wheel trails this was like an actual overland trip per se but like it's this crazy cool area and you know i mean it was you don't get to go down that, you know, you don't typically get to go that far away all the time, you know, so it's, so it, it kind of has a cool feeling to it, but your, your Oahi comment is definitely on my top tier list as well. Like that's, it's, yeah. it's still in Oregon. It's obtainable. It's like, I mean, yes, it's a bit of a drive cause it's literally like, you know, the furthest corner you can go to almost in Oregon, but it is such a cool cool area that you're you're not gonna get into with like regular street cars and not being prepared things like that like it's it's a cool way too cool of a place
0: it is it's really unique and and that's really special i think i to build on what you said uh when we did death valley i kind of i feel the same sort of thing that you're talking about about being really far away and like how cool that is and that's another area where like you could you could hike around there you can backpack it and stuff in certain areas especially in the time of year that you know that, that you pick but uh to be out in such a desolate place so far from home it's really cool i really enjoy that like that is exactly when you see i, I talked about four-wheel drive 24 seven earlier like when you see those shows and where those guys are going sometimes in the australian outback like that's kind of part of the dream right like that's part of what we i don't want to say you're trying to mimic but in a way that's kind of what you're trying to mimic like just getting out really far and and really doing it like being out there yep
2: what's um what's one thing you've done on a trip that you will never do again
0: hmm never do again
3: not bring my poop bucket (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: the top end of it now
3: Yep. Uh, Uh, I'm never digging a hole again (laughs)
0: um,
2: biggest mistake however you want to phrase it
0: I can't think of anything that's been truly that bad oh that's good Yeah, yeah uh I can't say not get sick cause it's just impossible to avoid. That's not really within my control, but if I could control it, that would be the thing beyond that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know everything, everything that we've done. I can't think of anything that's been, really been that bad. There's been some adversity, right? But like, you know, I, nothing within my control, Uh, that i could change i think
2: but adversity i think is like what is overlanding without adversity
0: sure yeah i think that's part of the fun right like a little bit of that getting stuck or like having a vehicle breakdown that you have to fix or like whatever else Mm -hmm. it's fun like even uh years ago one uh colin other colin had his uh front wheel bearings go out in his tacoma right and we had to wait for a tow truck and I had to drive with the dog in the car, his dog in my car with my dog, which is fine. They're good friends. It was fun, but like, that's a good story. Would I say mm-hmm. I wouldn't go with somebody that might have a failing front <laughs> wheel bearing? No, it was fun. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Like it's fine.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't think I, I'm kind of with good. Sean. I don't think that there's, there's something that like really stands out. Um, what I will say, like, kind of in that thread would be um, any, like, new kit, new, you know, tool you want to use, new um, tent equipment, whatever it is, like, don't, I, like, I will never put it on and not use it at home first to, like, figure it out Mm. like getting out in the middle of nowhere and then like and then it becomes part of like the frustration of once you're there trying to deal with like okay how do i fucking use this uh that's that sucks like always always use it before you actually have to use it (laughs) that way you know when it comes time when you're going to use it you actually know how to
2: yeah, that kind of makes sense. Did you ever have an experience where you didn't know how to use a thing that you got, and then you had to figure it out while you were out? Uh,
1: typically, no, because I do. I I, uh, I practice what I yeah. preached just now. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <you follow> <laughs> I
1: don't typically uh, get something yeah. and not use it.
2: <laughs> I wondered if you learned nope, that the no, hard way just, or something.
1: I I know that I have uh, <laughs> seen people use something for the first time uh while out and it it uh yeah you can <laughs> you can see the confusion and frustration <laughs> as things are mounting. <laughs> and it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I do that beforehand, yeah.
2: What's um oh wait Steve, did you have some?
3: Yeah, no. No. Oh, bucket, no. <laughs> no, everyone's like, I am no
2: <laughs> No regrets. Um, in terms of what's like, what is better about overlanding than regular camping, and what is worse, or I guess more difficult?
3: Money. Being able to cover more ground, you get to stay and see like so see much more. terrain in one day. Mm-hmm.
0: I haven't regular camped for the so money, long at this point. The money point,
1: part
3: is more difficult.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. We all I know yeah. about
0: that one. Yeah, it's not a cheap endeavor, that's for sure.
1: No,
3: I mean it can't. No, it, but we all know that like be, all but... it takes is putting a rooftop tent on top of a thousand dollar JK, <laughs> and you got yourself X- XJ an overland, you know. Yes. XJ, or I mean, put it on top of a Subaru, and you you got yourself the same yeah. kind of situation.
2: They yeah, I want people to know there are entry level. Oh, absolutely,
0: here, guys. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely stuff that. <laughs> yeah. Look at the XJ. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a prime example, and it's really cool. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that yeah. thing went from like so thousand dollar XJ that was basically like pieced together with some lift stuff, and he got a used tent that was not. And it was old too for like a couple hundred dollars. Like, you know, it, if you're, if, if you enjoy shopping for deals and like cruising through marketplace and stuff like that, like you can, <laughs> you can set yourself up on a deal, like just wait out, wait it out for the right deals. Like, you, it doesn't have to be, I mean, it's still, it's still another level more expensive than just like typical, like, ground camping go into a, a campsite things like that but mm-hmm. it's like there's there's definitely ways to circumvent like you you know you don't have to go out and buy a fucking unimog with uh, a living quarters on the back of it you know like it's that's that's for people that are like traveling the world full time that's not that's not what what we're doing as as much as I would love to do something like that uh it's, you know, it's not, it's not fully necessary. You don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah.
3: Well, if you already have ground camping stuff, congratulations, three quarters of that to almost all of that is exactly what you would take with you yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. So it really it's it's a matter of, uh, outrigging a vehicle to then go do your exploring yep. portion of it. Mm-hmm. And then attempting to use your vehicle in in some form of how you're going to stay there. I, mean, I mean, that that could be as much as cleaning up a tarp from you know. I mean,
0: I don't even know. Uh, if... Yeah,
3: Robert and Gabby they don't have a tent. They don't have a rooftop tent, and and they came and did the entire Alvor trip that we did. So, yep. do you need no. a rooftop tent? Even nope. no, no. We just need to have the the ability to face some adversity as far yep. as the sleeping then. So it's just ground camping with a four-wheel yeah. drive car. At that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I think that's a big backpacking thing. Backpacking with a car. Yeah, it's backpacking with a car. You don't even, like, the rooftop tent is a nice accessory, <laughs> right? Like, it's nice to have that available, but also...
1: Simplifies things. Regular,
0: regular tents are great. That's fine. Like, whatever you can do that gets you out, I think, is the thing. So,
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, some people like
1: why,
2: ground tents. Why does everyone so. have a
0: rooftop? I don't know the answer to that.
2: Yeah, why do you all prefer
0: I, it? I like it because I like the ease of setup, but I don't think that a ground tent yep. is necessarily less easy to set up. It's just I've gotten used to it at this point. I enjoy it. I like the like small footprint so like I can park in one spot and I don't have to worry about going to another spot or a flat spot or whatever. It's all right there. I have this obsession with everything being like self-contained, and I think that's really cool um
3: It's the inclement weather for me—the rain and then yeah. Not being rain, on the ground like,
0: for that is nice. Ground
3: camping in the rain and snow is so terrible comparatively to mm-hmm. being elevated in some way. Even if it's sleeping in, like it's why trucks are nice because you just can. Oh, I can sleep in the bed and the canopy. Mm-hmm. You know that that was the ultimate. You know, overlanding was our our parents just sleeping in the back of a pickup bed was that that's what <laughs> that was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, it makes it. It's it's not an absolute necessity. Like the rooftop tent thing is not an an absolute necessity. It's a it's a thing that makes you want to go more because it covers those bases of oh well, it rained on us last time and we were in a ground tent and we got flooded or whatever or you know everyone has bad ground tent stories. Not that we don't have bad rooftop tent stories to go along with those, but, um, it's, it, the whole, the whole idea is just like it. We want to make it easier for us to just like on a whim, let's go camp. And that's why the rigs are set up. The tent is already there. It's got the bedding in it and all that. So it's just pull up, open it and, you know, open your chair. You're done. Like, that's like, that's the, that's kind of like the, the desire for everyone is for, is to get everything set in their vehicle so that it's like you get there and it's all easy and prepared and like makes it so that you're enjoying what you're doing rather than having to set up everything all the time, tear down everything all the time and that's where like the ground tent thing I kind of like I I don't I, I see it for like, doing the backpacking to a point and then stopping there and like say leaving the tent there and then going out and like adventuring or whatever, and then coming back to that quote, you know, base camp. But if you, Mm -hmm. when you're packing up, like on some of our trips where we move every day, that can be a a lot of like to do each day in the morning and at night. Like, so it's, Mm It's just the whole simplifying of all of all the processes so that it's not so much of a headache and you can actually enjoy like, wow, I'm going to enjoy driving for six hours through this really cool area and have some, you know, driving challenges. And when I get to camp, it's not going to be like, crap, we got to camp and it's dark because somebody broke down or, you know, wow, it's been a long road day and I really don't feel like setting up all this stuff. That sucks. That now I'm going to spend mm-hmm. all this time setting something up just to, you know, be able to sleep and then close it and go again. Pack it up. Yeah. So, in the morning. <laughs> so yeah. But but yeah, it's you the don't same as to.
2: like packing. It seems like in general, everything is efficient. Everything is quick. Everything is because otherwise, yeah, the trip would kind of suck. It wouldn't be worth it. All yep. the time you mm-hmm. spend getting in and out. Um, I feel like. I mean, you guys are all friends, so everyone gets along really well, but have you ever been on a trip with someone where you're like, you do not have the personality to do this? Or like, I don't know, does it, do you need to like have a certain demeanor, a certain sense of adventure, a certain will <laughs> to keep going? I think
0: it's an interesting thing because it gets a little bit tricky when we mix all of our people together, right? We're all very close friends for the most part, everybody that you hear on this podcast, and the few ancillary people that go along with that. But then there's partners and children and dogs and all these things. And sometimes because of that, when we get really deep, we get into eight people or eight vehicles or something like that. It gets tricky because maybe the expectation isn't always the same for everybody that, you know, everybody reads that context differently when Colin is is so good at planning all these trips. And sometimes he says, Hey, we're going on this trail. I think it's probably fine for everybody, but I don't know and I can't guarantee it, like you said earlier. And most people say, okay, we can do that. And every once in a while, that causes a sticking point because maybe somebody didn't quite understand that or they didn't read into it the same way as everybody else. So it can be tricky. I think we're really lucky though, even with those things, even with those little sticking points that we run into sometimes, we're very selective about who we let come with us. So it's rare that we ever have anybody that really doesn't fit in. In fact, I think most new people that come along fit in really well. Like I don't know about um, the 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 new person that came on the trip uh, last weekend or a couple weeks ago, but it sounds like he just you know blended right in because it's Jesse's friend, and of course he'd fit in. And when I bring Dave along or somebody like that, like those people just fit in usually. Um, and I think it's just because we're all like minded people for the most part. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not without its challenges because. Like I said, there can be some situational things that happen where that can get really tricky. Um, Again, especially when you start throwing in all the layers, all the extra people, the everything. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, the more the more vehicles in the group, the longer it's going to take, no matter how you look at it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. four vehicles are going to do something any any road faster than eight vehicles. It's that's yeah. That's just the way it, it is going to go. Um The I think like the biggest thing is like is like Sean was saying is like the mindset of you you have to if at least when you're in a group or even by yourself I suppose like you have to have in your head that. Okay, I'm coming out here. I think it's going to take this long. It might not. And honestly, it probably won't actually take that long. It's probably going to take longer. And that's that's always that's almost always going to be the case. It's like, well, this is going to this took longer than we had expected. And like and I'm not saying that you need to expect that it's going to take longer than what you want to and have that turn you off uh, from wanting to go and do X trip, but it's just that you have to account for this might take a little longer than we think it's going to. And I get that that's hard for some people. We've, we've run into it in our group before where some people are looking for a specific time or a specific amount of time that it's going to take. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I understand that like, that's, that's, that's part, that's part of it. And it's like, I, I can't make any promises, and that's why that's why I usually will say, okay, it's this amount of miles. Because that's that is a hard number that you can set at. Okay, I know that this road from here to here, we're trying to get from X to B, and it is 123 miles. I can't and once we get into the road, it's like, okay, well, if it's gonna be like this you know, everyone can kind of do the math and be like, all right, cool. Like it's it's going to take us a couple hours because it's, you know, just a gravel road, it's hard pack, it's not bad. Or if it's like the Alvor trip, we kind of have to reassess and be like, okay, well, we've been at it for an hour and we've gone four miles. Yeah. It's going to take us longer than we thought, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, well, and, and, and so we did. Just-
0: Nah. we did the cutoff time this year too which was a nice addition right like yes. the all right we're this is sticky we're running into trouble let's call it at seven o'clock right like that way we just mm-hmm. know it, you know and it might be 650 it might be 7 45 but we're not going till 10 like at that point we know the cutoff right. is seven we know we're running until we find somewhere that's big enough to fit us and it works and i think that that's probably one of the biggest changes that was made over the last couple of years. Maybe that really makes a difference. It's camping specific. I think, um, a a thing that like just works for everybody. It's nice to have that, uh, that communication, I think more than anything.
2: Yeah. Flexibility. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Appropriate expectations. I feel like I'm finally getting there. (laughs)
0: It's hard. And the other thing that we run into like <laughs> like I was getting at is like we we run into these like different levels of things too, right? And I I assume that a lot of people that do this like we do it run into the same thing where it's like Colin and I are talking about it and then everybody else gets in the loop and then everybody tells their significant other and then as a family everybody tells their kids and then the dogs coming along for the ride and by the time you play that game of telephone 3 things down all of a sudden everybody at the end doesn't quite understand exactly where we're going. And it's hard to manage that from especially Colin's perspective. I just kind of sit there and do what I i don't, I don't know. I just sit there and, and deal with it. But like, yeah, exactly. But Colin like really puts a lot of effort into it. And I think that sticks him in a spot sometimes that is um, kind of a spot of uh, control. That's really nice and a lot of responsibility that's that's tricky to deal with sometimes so
2: yeah i will say one thing i notice um when there is an issue and everyone stops and then people start getting on the radios or hopping out of cars see what's going on i never see jesse so excited to oh solve man the yeah problem <laughs> where I I'm, i immediately go to like kind of this mode and he like is like grinning and like flies out of the car and he's like running up to see what's going on so i feel like that helps if everyone was just pissed off all the time obviously no one would do it like it's like you said it's the fun part i'm like you fucking love when we get stuff absolutely like it's like the best part it's like resolving it and literally using math and science to figure out who's explaining to me Pulling a rope around a tree, like however many times, lessens the weight by. I, I don't. I can't tell you what it is now, but um, I found that very yeah cool. And that you guys just like you're literally out there <laughs> figuring it out. Yeah, yeah.
1: just got to figure it just out. It.
2: <laughs> figure it out. Um, I'll hone in here on the last couple of questions. On a nice note, um, most memorable moments, whether it's really funny, um. Heartwarming. I love seeing little kids like ride their bikes all around. Like they're just learning how it's very cute. Emmy's first trips, a lot of those were with you guys. Like a one year old who's been in the desert. That was very cool. Or like terrifying moments, scary moments. Things that stick out.
1: Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff like that. I mean, the I think I mean, all every one of us that has kids has had them out on the Alvord. And that's like a, it's kind of a, it's a really cool like moment to see like, and and we've all had, like they're all in such different age groups too. So it's like, there's just been this cycle of like their experiences. And then as they get older, like the different experiences that they have on the Alvord, like it's kind of a, since that's like our, you know, our one mainstay trip thanks to sean Mm -hmm. uh it it like it gives us a baseline of everyone's like growth and and experiences so that's that's kind of a cool piece to all of it is watching everybody like get better at it and the kids like either Either enjoying it more or beginning to enjoy it less, and then they kind of like phase <laughs> themselves out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but, us, but us adults will They're still like go. Over it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> but be but,
4: enough around long like enough to see out the out there, kids like, get phased out
3: and then back in again. Oh, yeah. Like some of the, uh, uh, Aaron's <laughs> yeah. kids. Are.
0: Yeah. Out and then back in. It's perfect.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> um but like there's a ton of stuff yeah that's every trip has its own like like vibe and feel and like cool thing that happened or like shitty thing that happened i mean it's and everyone's and from everyone's perspective it's totally different because you know it it's it's all it's yes we're doing this as a group but everything is from your own perspective. And that's kind of part of it because it's like, you're on this adventure, but you're on this adventure with a group, but it's like, everyone views it totally differently from your seat in the car or your spot around the fire. You know, it's like, I mean, like yeah. we just talked about earlier, how you didn't see Frankie climb up into the fricking into the tent. And for the <laughs> podcast audience that we, you know, the, the tents of you, Frankie is a mastiff like it is he's a giant giant dog and it climbs up a ladder into a rooftop tent it is the most amazing thing that we've seen on the Alvord probably and we've seen some wild things on the Alvord so
0: yeah
3: it's also up on top of one of the tallest vehicles in the in the lineup as well though it's not just like you know it's
2: insane. pretty crazy <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to think of all the cool things. we saw why i remember seeing just a lone wild horse like mm-hmm. running what looked like in slow motion like alongside us out kind of like in the distance like i was watching a scene out of a movie
0: We yeah. we get the wild I mean, that's, horses that's quite a bit out there those are like really cool
1: life mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah like think totally. about all, mm-hmm. all of the stuff that we've that we see when we do it like i mean i I've seen bobcats, like any anything from bobcats to you know antelope to wild horses burrows, uh, a badger once. Like I mean, it like that's kind of like part of it too is like being out there and seeing everything else in its natural state. Like we're you know we're the outsiders viewing it as we come in. Like it's I don't know, it's kind of a cool experience to see mm-hmm. the other. Uh, the other things we did we still haven't seen any fucking sheep though we keep going in these places where we're supposed to see rams and shit like that we can't, oh bighorn! never seen one
0: i'm sure they're there and we just don't see them <laughs> like i'm confident that's what's going on same with bears we don't see a lot of bears they're there we just don't see them
2: don't say that <laughs> 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 they're there just no one yeah. can see them that's worse
3: or the light's
2: Steve, memorable moments?
3: I think, like, the, the first time pulling out onto the Alvord, I think was the, the coolest experience for me. <laughs> and then lining up all the vehicles and just getting to yeah. pin it for several miles.
0: <laughs> it's always fun.
2: Yeah, I think I was like shrieking yeah, the first time, like, with laughter like at the, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous and yeah you're, like on you're on, almost like roller coaster feeling I'm like what are we doing is this allowed i was kind of like how fast are you going <laughs> it's a weird
0: experience <laughs>
2: do you do that?
1: it
0: is
2: yeah and it doesn't get old I, every time we get out there we both say the same thing we're like this never oh. gets old mm-hmm. it's so cool i had no idea even um even like once we get out um like an hour out or so, I'm always like amazed that it's Oregon. I always think of Oregon as looking kind of a certain couple ways. And, um, and like the Black Rock trip, I was like, this is still, are we still in Oregon? This is <laughs> like, I was surprised that that's what the terrain and everything can look like. Mm-hmm. It was cool. How much it's just like not yeah. that far away. Yeah. Yeah. I asked some of my coworkers if they had any questions uh, that they wanted me to ask. And they kind of looked at my list and it's like mostly hit everything. And there was just one, that one person had that everyone agreed upon to be the mm. question. And it was, um, why do you all have beards?
0: Oh my God. <laughs> Probably. Cause we're like coming up on middle-aged white guys at this point. Like that's kind of the thing. <laughs> Nobody wants to see this chin.
3: Yeah. Do we all have really weak <laughs> jaws? That's why. I mean, I, I got no chin, so I have to define it with a beard. I think
2: it was like a 24 year old who asked that question. So I'll him
0: tell know. him it's past his bedtime or something.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, <hope he> <laughs> I don't know i really don't know the answer to that question colin's had a beard as long as i've known him i, fi- I think so i've gone in and out
1: yeah yeah i've I think there might i've be been bearded since like i've seen 19 it. or something like that like it's
0: i've seen it short you did cut short. it short once I'm really
1: short a couple of times but yeah yeah
0: yeah um but yeah i don't know
1: yeah i mean jesse shade. because i can't pull a off while. a mustache and tyson well hey tyson tyson, <laughs> tyson can't grow tyson can't grow a beard so there you go tyson does not have a beard he's he's in our group and does not have a beard he does a that, he has a pretty epic mustache and same right with now, mike it oh it's the best it. yeah, mike, it's a butter mustache mike can't grow a beard either
2: yeah no, so no. You're true. No. yeah
1: not no, everyone exactly. has a beard it's you know not everyone <laughs>
2: Wow, this wasn't you guys.
1: Okay. Did you miss anything? So Did you get then. all all your questions in?
2: Actually, have one. I was thought about this um, earlier as like a maybe like a good sign off is just like a really short bit of advice for someone who wants to get into it hasn't done it. Um, something to remember. Something to pack. Just
3: go.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, just uh, go. Uh, Tyson said it in the last podcast that I listened to and he said seat time, which is like a funny, not funny. It's a race car thing, right? It's seat time. It's like practice, but it makes sense. It's yeah. yeah. It's time in the saddle. It's just do it. <laughs> like even if you're unprepared and close to home, it's awesome. Have fun. Do it. Uh, mm-hmm. don't forget toilet paper, I suppose. But other than that, just do it.
2: Yeah. Or gas.
0: Just go. Or gas. Yeah. That's it's, an important it's bit. It's just.
2: That's a weird one that I never think about. Tanking, but is pretty
1: crucial. And it's one of those things. Well, you don't even necessarily need that much gas. Just allot yourself. Okay, I'm going to go X distance, so I know I've got in one tank I can get out to where I want to go and come back on that one tank. You don't have to go far. Mm-hmm. Just no. Just go just and like little... and that and as you do it, you're going to build confidence and figure out what like what you want in your setup, and then you go further and further and longer and you know, longer and longer time periods as you yeah. figure your own stuff out. It's it's yeah, it's all a learning experience even for us after doing it for however many years we've been doing it. It's every Always. time someone is like <laughs> going to learn something about either their vehicle, their gear themselves, their the person they're there with. I mean, it's always it's always a new experience, like every time, even if it's into the same place, like I, like when we go to the Alvord every year. Like it's mm-hmm. it's something new every every freaking time. Definitely.
3: Don't don't commend people for what they have, but what they do, where they go.
0: <laughs> oh man, Steve's getting philosophical. Like yeah, I'm into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just because they've got a hundred thousand dollar rig doesn't mean they use it
3: yeah we, we go we go more places than they do too so it you know it, it, it isn't about what you have it's it's where you're willing to take it
2: yeah there's the title guys there we
3: go
0: there we go
2: <laughs> just go man
0: just go man just go <laughs> <laughs>